So our, our uh, title of the message today is, is it really that complicated or subtitled KISS? You guys know what KISS means? Keep it simple, stupid, right? That's the definition of how I need things to be. Because when it gets complicated, I shut down because it's too hard and I'm not very good with complicated things. So I need something simple and that's what we're going to see today is how simple this whole Jesus and resurrection thing is. So we're going to read John chapter 20, which is one of the accounts of, of the resurrection uh, Jesus obviously has just died, and now uh, we'll see what happens here. It says in John chapter 20, it starts off, well, first, before we even read a word, let's pray. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit, that, and I ask that you would come and you would open our hearts and help us understand your word. Give us a true uh, teaching from you, uh, Lord, that we, and I pray that we would just all be encouraged to follow you uh, with all our hearts and, and uh Lord, that we would not be intimidated in, by anything in this life or in the Word of God or from you, but we'd see you as a welcoming Father, and, uh, and we love you, Lord, and we need your Spirit to show us what this all means today. Amen. Amen. Now, on the first day of the week, that would be Sunday, like today, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. Here it just mentions her, but we know that there was a whole bunch of women with her, a bunch of other Marys, and uh, they all are journeying with her, and they're, they're gonna, they were going to treat the body and, and get, put the spices and stuff on it. So uh, they saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. That's awesome. It's a, a crazy thing. It's, it's some crazy proof, but we'll see what happens here. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. So here we have two guys that she runs to. We have Simon and the, who, who is the disciple that, that Jesus loved? John, right? He, so he's writing this book and he is so humble that he won't even tell us his name. But he does say, I'm the really special one that Jesus loved, <laughs> which is cool. It's a good thing. Uh, but they said, and she said to these two, Peter and John, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Now, who's the they that she's thinking about? It's the Jews. She's, she thinks the Jews have come and stolen the body. Okay, we'll get back to that. Peter, therefore, went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. So here is humble John, who will not even mention his own name. And yet he is very sure to write that I am faster than old sloppy fat Peter. <laughs> I, I am faster. I'm younger. I'm stronger. I am John, right? That kind of is how it's, but he, he outruns him and, and uh, I'm sure Peter is glad that he put that in his, his book, but Peter, so, so he came, they both ran and he outran him. And then verse five, and then he stooping down, looked in and saw the linen clothes, cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head. 
not lying with the linen clothes, cloths, I keep saying that wrong, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. What does it take to believe? Do you need to be convinced with proof? What kind of proof would be good enough for you? Maybe if you could see something, could you be convinced with sight or with a feeling? Would that convince you? What would make someone believe? Can you ever make someone believe against their will? If they're just set to not believe, is there anything you can show them that would change their minds? Everyone is different. What works for one person might not work for someone else. And, and some people believe easily, like when they're children, they just believe in Jesus because they hear about it and it's just easy for them. Other people go many years into their life struggling and doubting and, and having a hard time believing. Why is it different for different people? Some people see love and good deeds, maybe from their parents. Their parents were great and they loved them. And so because they saw that, they believe. Other people are, are born blind and, 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 or born in terrible families and they can't see that type of love and acceptance. And, and, and so for them, it's not something that they see, but they also come to believe. So what is it? You don't have to be born in a good family to believe. Many people believe from all kinds of backgrounds. How can the gospel reach every person in the world without fail, even when we're all so different? So different. No matter what suffering you've gone through, no matter what pain you've endured, no matter how poor or rich or enslaved or privileged you are, the gospel is equally relevant to each and every person because it's, it's kind of like an umbrella that's so simple, it's over everybody. It's so simple. And this gospel, it demands a decision from every heart every day a decision it's a daily thing this gospel it's crazy this gospel is so simple it's easy it's so easy that be if you think being a christian is complicated you're actually doing it wrong being a christian is as simple as believing the gospel every day. Every moment of every day. Just simply believing the gospel. That's it. It's like when you get married, you, no one has to tell you or convince you to be excited to love your spouse. Like that honeymoon period is called the honeymoon period for a reason. It's fun and it's easy to get excited. It comes natural to love your spouse. And that's how it's supposed to work. When we get saved, when we believe the gospel, 
Jesus changes how we act, how we feel, how we think, how we behave. It's a simple deal. We believe the gospel. Jesus changes us. We believe the gospel. Jesus moves in us. That's how this thing works. It's my job, believe the gospel. His job, everything else. My job, believe the gospel. His job, all right, let's try it again. My job, his job, everything else. So what am I stressed out about? What am I worried about? All kinds of things I shouldn't be. I'm stressed. I'm I'm bothered. We don't have to. This is simple. We believe the gospel. He does everything else. Well, what is this gospel that I must believe? You're telling me I must believe it? Okay, well, let's just go through it real quick. It's so easy. Jesus was God and became a man. Check. Okay. Jesus died on the cross. Check. Okay. Jesus rose from the dead. Check. Wait a minute. That's weird. That's weird. Why is that such a big deal? Can't I just believe Jesus was God and Jesus died on the cross? Well, lots of people know about that. But the resurrection is what really separates someone who believes the gospel from someone who doesn't. The resurrection. But believing in the resurrection will make me look like an idiot in front of my teachers, in front of my coworkers, my neighbors, my professors, my family. Believing that someone rose from the dead is weird. Ludicrous. Strange. I mean, if you were to take that to Channel 9 and say, someone rose from the dead, they would laugh you out of the building. They would never put it on the news because it's just impossible. It doesn't happen. We don't have guards around cemeteries keeping them in. Yet. You never know when the zombie outbreak might happen, but that's not something we deal with yet. That's right. This is impossible. It's impossible. And that's why we must believe in it. Because it's impossible. And this is the great thing. is If we could believe in something normal, like Jesus was just a good guy that came and had lots of words of wisdom, like my kindergarten teacher taught me how to wash my hands after I go to the bathroom. So wise. Okay, that's a good deal. That's a big deal. But that's not what Jesus was. That's normal. Jesus was not normal. He did something impossible. If it was just normal or possible, then we could be convinced that it was fake or false or it was insufficient. And that's a big deal. I don't want to believe in something that's fake. I don't need something that's fake. I need something real. Because if the impossible happened, this resurrection from the dead, then it can accomplish impossible things for me. That's the big deal today. Because I am in an impossible situation, I need impossible. I am such an idiot. I am so broken. I am so spiritually bankrupt. I need miraculous intervention. I need help that is not 
normal. If normal could help me, then I would go see my psychiatrist every day. And it would work. But it doesn't. If normal could help me, then I could put more effort in. Or I could figure it out. Or it, but it doesn't help me. I need a miracle. Guys, do we believe the gospel? Do we believe the resurrection? Do we believe it? When you wake up in the morning, do you pray for impossible things with confidence, knowing that you can ask for impossible things and God says, okay, I'll do it for you. Like, God, make me nice today. (laughs) That is impossible. Make me patient today. Lord, give, these things are impossible. Lord, help me to love, help me to die to myself. All these things are impossible. Don't think that they're possible. Don't think that you can be a nice person because you can't. How many of you guys wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometime? Mm. So you guys know what I'm talking about. We are broken. We are hurt. We are (coughs) impossible. In fact, if I was God, I'd be like, you guys are impossible. But God, in his great love, (coughs) gave me something in my throat. God, in this, we can pray impossible things with this crazy confidence. Lord, help me to love today. And that con- and we can pray with confidence where, where we really believe that God is going to answer that prayer and make us loving that day. Why? Not because you deserve it. Not because we earn it, but because he rose Jesus from the dead. And because he rose Jesus from the dead, he says, I will listen to your prayers and I will send you help. Every time you come to the throne of grace, you will have grace given to you. What you need will be given to you. Amen. Amen. Mary Magdalene did not believe at first. Did you guys see that? She, see, she runs, she's going to the empty, she sees the empty tomb. She, is, she sees actual proof that the tomb is empty. Literally, skeptics at the university right over here are like, oh, if I saw the empty tomb, I'd believe. No, you wouldn't. They wouldn't believe. But anyway, they say they would want that proof. Mary saw that proof, and she still didn't believe. She's like, ah, I don't believe this. She ran away and told Peter that she believed the Jews took the body. Now, this is Mary. She was like Jesus' bestie. He had cast out seven demons from her. She had hung around with him like tight. They were tight. She heard him say, I'm going to die. I'm going to rise from the dead. But did she believe it? No, she did not believe it. Did proof help her? No, proof did not help her. She thought the Jews took the body. It's a conspiracy. Then Peter and John run to the tomb. They see the empty tomb. They see the sheets of paper like was on Jesus on the video. And that's it. All they see is an empty tomb and some some cloths on the ground. Right? And in that moment, it says John saw it and he believed. How can someone with such little proof believe? 
You're telling me, John, that all you have is a hole and some paper and you believe Jesus rose from the dead. What kind of narrow-minded, sheep-brained follower are you? You're just going to believe what, what you see? and That's crazy. That's crazy. But it's actually just simple. Believing is simple. Believing is where? In the heart. It's in the heart. Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead or not? That is so... Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Give it up. That's right. Yes, I do. I do. I know you do, Charlie. Yeah, all right. This is a testimony time. That's the question. And this question of the resurrection divides each person in the world. God draws a line in the sand, and it's called the resurrection. And he says, if you're on my side, if you want to be my child, you will believe in the resurrection. But that's hard. But I, I don't know if I want to. Well, everyone who doesn't believe in the resurrection is on the other side and is going to go to, to hell. Not good. But that's, well, how can you, what, why would he make it such an impossible, you're telling me I have to believe in the resurrection and that's all I have to do. Yes. That's the question. Now look at verse 9. It said, for yet they did not know the scripture that he must again rise, rise again from the dead. So John, it said, John believed, but it says he didn't understand any doctrine or theology. He didn't know why Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't know the verses it fulfilled. He didn't know anything except that Jesus rose from the dead. He just believed it and it wasn't really that complicated. He's like, he's alive. And that's all he had. And that's all he needed. You see, this week I wrote a different sermon for today. I was going to make this a very complicated sermon with all these proofs. And I was going to convince every one of you skeptics to repent on your knees under the burden of proof I give you. Was, that literally was what I was going. I was like, I was going that direction. I wrote a whole sermon and it had proofs and charts and, and uh, it was crazy. Okay, and I stopped, and like uh, Dana can testify, I, I was so unhappy with it. I was like, "This is not right. It's not right because it's not what I need. I don't need that stuff." I asked myself, "What do I need?" And I said, "I just need to remember that I I need to simply believe. That's all that I need, and that's where this sermon comes from." I was going to make it all philosophical. And I didn't, and you're welcome. <laughs> but we should really all thank Jesus because he's the one who made this so simple a child could understand it, yet so powerful that it can pour life into us every day for the rest of our lives. Look at what John writes later in this chapter. If you could speed down to verse 30 and 31 there in John chapter 20, look at this. This verse drives me bananas. It says, and truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. John, are you kidding me? Why would you tell me that? You are a jerk face. I now want to know what all those miracles are. 
Where are the books they are written in? Why? I don't want your book anymore. I want those books. John, come on. I don't like you anymore. You're holding things back from me. You know cool stuff that I don't know. I'm such an American. I have to know. What did Jesus do? What are all these cool things? He did many other signs. Oh, I want to know what those things are so bad. Why? Why do I want to know all those things so bad? Because deep down inside, I really think I need more proof. I need more. I need, I need to see more. It would be nice to have more. And John is teaching me a really important lesson. And I want you to look in this next verse, verse 31. But these, just what I wrote, John says, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. What are you doing, John? What are you doing, John? I need more proof, John. Why don't you give me DNA evidence? John says, this is all the proof you need. What I have written, and we didn't go through all of it. You can go and look through all the things John wrote in chapter 20 and 21. You can read it all. And he says, that's all anyone in the world needs. That's all that they need. You don't need anything else. Everything written in this book is enough for every human being in this world to believe. But, but the skeptics tell me they need other things to believe. My own heart tells me I need other things to believe. Jesus says, no, all you need is this. This is all that we need. And he says, if we believe, we will have life. Those are his words, not mine, life. Eternal life and a present life of peace and joy and meaning and value in this world right now. You have it when you believe. That's what he says. All those things that I'm trying hard to get as a Christian, I'm working. What do I do to get more peace? What do I do to get more value to see myself as being important or being able to be used by God? All those things, he says, you have them the moment you believe. The moment you believe. I'd like to know all those other signs. This tells me I don't need to know them. I don't need to. Honestly, we're going to read the Bible and believe it or we're not. That's just how it works. My friends, today we are celebrating that Jesus rose from the dead, but I can't read your hearts. I can't know what you believe or if you believe. I can only declare to you what the Bible says about it. And I can tell you that he has poured out his life into me. When I never deserved it, I never once deserved it, I never once earned it, I have done nothing except believe. And he has poured forgiveness on me. He has forgiven millions of sins. He's given me peace when I should not have it. When I have acted like an idiot, when I have been selfish, I still have peace. And I shouldn't. I should have to reap the consequences for what I've sowed. 
But that's just not the love of God in our lives, is it? That's not the experience that we have. We have a God who's so patient, so kind, and so loving to us, don't we? That's what I can tell you. I want nothing from you today. Nothing. God wants nothing from you today. God wants you to receive all the life Jesus wants to give you by simply believing. When you believe in the resurrection, you are doing what God wants you to do today and tomorrow and the next day. Because when you believe in the resurrection, nothing is impossible. You can start to pray. You can start to pray for Jody, which is impossible. You can start to pray for your pastor. You can pray for your kids. You can pray for your long-lost auntie who you love, but she's an atheist. You can pray these things with confidence. How would you like to have a prayer life that was like Jesus, where Jesus just prayed, and he really believed God would answer all his prayers and do all that he asked him? Wouldn't you like that kind of prayer life? Amen. I got a call from someone this week, and, and they were telling me just all the things that God had been doing in their life this last year and how God just seemed to answer all of their prayers. And I was like, they, they asked me, is that weird? And I said, that's what it should be. That's what life is with God. In the gospel, when you believe, that's what it looks like. He answers our prayers. It's so wonderful. Believing the impossible is our side. Jesus doing the impossible is his side. Okay? I want to read one more thing. We're almost done. Kids, you guys have been so rock solid. I just love you guys so much. But we got to find out. I gave Mary a hard time, didn't I? I made fun of her and I, I called her names. But we need to see what happened with Mary right here in chapter 20. Look at, look at between what we've read in, in John chapter 20. Mary Magdalene had a, had a pretty great day. Look what, look what happens. Verse 11. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. So the, Peter and John are such great friends and great men of God that they just leave. And Mary's like, this is the worst. And she's just crying. And she's like, my great friend Jesus, who I believed was the Lord. I, I believed he was God. I believe he died. But she didn't believe in the resurrection yet, right? She's weeping. It's, it's so sad. And, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then she, they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said, because they have, who's they? The Jews have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Mary, you are still hanging on to this? Why won't you believe? You, you saw an empty tomb. There's some proof for you. Oh, not a good enough. You saw the clothes. Not good enough. You see two angels who are like, why are you weeping? And Mary's like, because I still believe in this conspiracy. I still there's other things I'd like to believe in. The resurrection is just quote, crazy, impossible. I don't understand it. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, 
Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Now she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will, I'll go get him. So now she's expanded from the conspiracy of the Jews. Now it's the farmers, the gardeners. That's the problem in this world. The gardeners have taken away Jesus' body. I, I, there's, if I can believe anything, maybe next it'll be the spiders took Jesus. Like, it's like she would believe in anything other than the resurrection. Really? Mary? Really? But isn't that like us? Where we'll just, we'll, we'll fight against the truth we know that is true. We know Jesus rose from the dead. And, and yet we fight and say, I can't, God's never going to do that for me. God's never going to do this for me. God won't pour out his grace on me because I haven't earned it. I failed to measure up. And, and he doesn't look at me like that. And it's just the same thing Mary is going through. Maybe it's the farmers. Okay, now look what happens. Jesus said to her, Mary, you're a dork. Well, it doesn't say that, but I'm sure that's what he said right there. He says, Mary, Mary, wake up. And she turned to him and said, oh, Rabboni, which means teacher, and, and everything is good. She finally believes, right? Remember how we started? We said, what does it take for you to believe? Well, we kind of need to hear Jesus' voice. And I think Jesus' voice is really calling out to each and every one of us today, saying, trust me, guys. Come to me. Follow me day by day. Unbelief in the resurrection, in his power, is what will stagnate your Christian life quicker than anything else. Just ask yourself in the morning, man, if Jesus rose from the dead, then I can somehow get up out of this bed. I'm going to trust him and I'm going to ask him to do impossible things in my life. You guys ready? Let's go. Let's all stand up. We're going to sing one more song. <clears throat> I hope you guys have a great day today. Uh, spending time with family or doing whatever you're doing. Got some Easter egg hunts coming. All right. And it's April Fool's Day, so watch out for anything Nathan does. I'm just saying, he can be mischievous. BK too. They're both mischievous. Maybe Paul too. Pretty much if anyone's here involved in this church, you better watch out. Keep your eye open. Keep your eye open around here. All right. We want to thank you, Father, so much for your, your great love for us, how you have poured out uh, your life into our hearts, and that you make it so easy, we just need to believe. Lord, I believe that you, are a, that you have risen, and I thank you that so many of my friends here believe. And in that, Lord, we are united as brothers and sisters, born again in your spirit. And I thank you so much for that. Lord, we want to just pour out praise to you right now in thanksgiving. In your name we pray, amen.